0: Today's Hope FM Breakfast Show is brought to you by Ace Office. For business supplies and office furnishing, visit ace-office.co.uk. Well, I've already given him quite a big uh, build-up. I was worried at the top of the hour um, when he wasn't here, but I thought that was just building the the suspense, building up uh, the enigma um, of the man. Delighted to say, joining us um, on Hope FM this morning for the rest of the hour, Anthony Irvine, a.k.a. The Iceman. Good morning. Morning.
1: Good morning.
0: You had a bit of trouble finding us.
1: I did, but I didn't panic. I kept cool and calm as the iceman is trained to do.
0: Absolutely. Now, and I
1: found my destination. Now I've. I, I, and you were out there in the car park. I, I don't know I, how you do I that. I was.
0: I was out there in the car park, just just longingly waiting uh, for you, Anthony. Um. Now. Um. I've tried a couple of times on The Breakfast Show today to sort of trail this portion of the show um, today. I mean, it's quite hard to describe, really, because, well, over the years, some of my favourite comedians, um, I've often heard them talking about um, an act they saw, whether at Edinburgh or some uh, London clubs, about this act about this guy that would come out on stage with a block of ice, and then uh, try and melt the block of ice um, on stage. And it never really impacted me hearing this, this, this discussion. It's sort of just planted in my brain. People like Stuart Lee or Simon Munnery or Richard Herring, um, my favourite comedians, basically. Yeah. Um, all three of them I've heard, and some other comedians as well, I've heard mentioning, talking about this guy called the Iceman. And then about two weeks ago um, of an evening at home, I see an email pop up um, from a, a very strange email um, with, Started with a, a link to a uh, company that I, I bought comedy material from before called Go Faster Stripe. Uh, this guy saying, um, Will you feature the Iceman on your radio? I hear Hope FM uh, promote the arts. Um, would you like to talk to me? It's like the Iceman, the Iceman. And then that little seed that's been planted in my brain for a while from hearing all these comedians I love talk about. Can't be the same Iceman. Sure (laughs) enough, it is. Anthony Irvine is his name. And apparently, I didn't know this. You live in Bournemouth. You are a local hero. And um, I'm delighted to have you um, on the show today. It really is a privilege. I've been looking forward to this for weeks.
1: Thank you. Me too. Um, Yes, basically, I sort of disappeared for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And then uh, people found me in Bournemouth, as you say. Hmm. And. I think in order to become a cult figure, the best thing to do is to disappear. Yes. And there are a lot of memories which please me because the whole concept of ice, you know, is ephemeral and also taps the idea of eternity as well. Because my my idea is that the blocks live on unexpectedly.
0: Well, let's paint a picture um, here then. Uh, Describe, for for people listening who have never heard of the Iceman, well, they certainly have now, describe your act as it was, as it began, and as it became uh, known and talked about uh, through the 80s at the comedy clubs and places like Edinburgh. Just explain your act. Yes. Well, first of all, it's not really an act. <laughs> well, that's I, the thing. Oh, we'll get on to how we're going to label it. It's difficult to, write... to label, isn't it? Because I yes. thought about, no, oh, no, is, we'll it, is it alternative it. comedy? Is it, is it performance yes. art? Is it just a comment on, on entropy or something like that? Yeah. Uh, what, all of those things muddled into one.
1: I think, I, to, I, I know it's a bit pompous, but I used to sort of say, I'm not, this is not an act. I'm doing it for real. <laughs> so in a way, I was very committed to this idea of, Blocks of ice. So, basically, we'll call it an act for the time being. I just came on with a reasonably big block of ice that I had made myself. Or sometimes for bigger shows, I I got it from a commercial Mm. ice creator called Eskimo in London. But I basically built up a structure, usually of bamboo, Mm. on which to put the ice. So, that... For a moment, it intrigued the audience, but then, of course, bamboo is quite sort of fragile in some ways. So once I put the ice on it, it usually collapsed. So it's all about struggle, really. But you know, I kept reassembling the bamboo structure and putting the block up, which by that time might have broken into half. Mm. So you say the iceman is an icebreaker and, and, and sort of. So it was vaguely comic, but also performance art, or what we call now live sculpture, apparently. So. Uh, the, the whole focus was on that block of ice and me trying to melt it. And the irony, I suppose, is the block will melt anyway sooner or later. Sure. So I, I was more like a catalyst and I had lots of different elements. And I started with breath and used to get the audience to help. And they, they sort of won, they went into childlike mode and joined in the, the breath breathing. And then I built up and I had a blowtorch and hammer and chisel. And then eventually I blew it up with some explosives, which was really rather exciting. And pr- quite dangerous, in so in retrospect, I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> so basically, that, that, that's what happened. The, the so, block was there, and it was still there at the end, but in a changed state.
0: Yeah, I think it's Simon Munro, wasn't it? Because you with, you talk about like the fact that, that almost like every single act it fails because you don't uh, manage to melt it. But Simon Munro, I think, says in the in the foreword of your book, it's okay because it's not really failure because the block of ice is going to melt. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter if it's not fully melted um, on stage. It will eventually uh, rejoin all of his other water particle friends um, exactly. in the he, River of he Life saw too. the
1: absurdity of yeah. it, which I very much appreciate, and I like his introduction. I think he focuses on one block, 125, and it's in... It was in, in a pub called The Greyhound, I think. So I've painted a painting of that one, actually. You have. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll talk about the book in a little bit because you have yeah. got a book um, out. It's called Melt It. Um, it's brilliant. It's done alongside a guy called Robert uh, Ringham as well. It's a conversation between you guys, isn't it? Um, yep. um, talking about your career and how it came to be. It also features a bunch of Polaroid pictures of a lot of your ex-blocks and also a bunch of your paintings as well because I know you're a keen painter too. We got You've got an art exhibition coming up um in deepest darkest dorset um later on this year which we will come on to Anthony, i absolutely promise you, you. Uh, but before we get to that i just want to find out about these origins then because i because i mean you had you had a varied career before you became the Iceman, i'm um, including a job that did see you get locked um in a um in a like a an ice chamber in sort of like a, a freezer box, one of those commercial commercial units? Yes, I,
1: I was a, a milkman for the Oxford Swindon Co-op, mm. having had a, a very useful education in the, the local city of Oxford. And the, a guy called Spud, who I remember fondly, even though he played this trick of me, He, sh- I was going into the freezer to collect the milk or put it back at the end of the day, I can't remember which, and he thought it was funny to shut the door. <laughs> and it was... You know, it was all dark, and I couldn't find any emergency buttons. And I began to get quite cold, and I think I even had the beginnings of frostbite. And I think, in a funny way, maybe that was the genesis of the mm. whole concept—sort of fair survival and all those sort of uh, things. You know, how long? But you l- did let me out eventually. How long were you in there for? Well, it felt like four or five days. But I think, in fact, it was probably only a few minutes. Okay, so the, the possibly then, because I know you're not
0: you mentioned in the, but you're not really sure if that is the origin um, of the Iceman, or whether it just uh, happens to be sort of like some sort of happy coincidence, or whether yes. it possibly did plant um, a tiny seed. So I mean, that's that's an obvious transition then. Yes, funny being...
1: t- If I'm trying to work out the origin, the more <laughs> I look back, and I, I remember another incident I had was well, more a visual incident. I was in Pakistan, I think Lahore, Ropindi, or Pindi, uh, or at the bottom of the Swat Valley. Anyway. Mm. And I remember vividly a a, a person with a sort of like a wheelbarrow type thing uh, transporting blocks of ice on a really Mm. hot morning while I was having a cup of chai outside in a local cafe. And I remember... Without realising at the time that that was a very sort of beautiful image, mm. so I, I think there were quite a few seeds planted. Yeah, but th- I think the uh, the main idea is quite sort of metaphysical. If that doesn't sound too <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it doesn't at all. And we're we're going to come on to that. I just I'm just very interested to find out. So so that that uh, seeing that 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 beautiful image there in, in Pakistan, uh, of being trapped in an ice box and when you're a milkman, I can see those as seeds possibly why the iceman came to be. But can you tell me whether there are any Seeds planted when you were working in a circus and boxing a kangaroo. How, what,
1: where's the connection there? Yes, that's interesting. I'm sorry to that kangaroo. Oh,
0: yes, I know, I know, and I know you are. And you are somewhat, you don't eat, you're a vegetarian, aren't you? Don't eat meat yes. now. Yeah. So you, you are, you are forgiven.
1: Thank you. You are forgiven. On for behalf of the kangaroo. Yes, no, I, I did. I mean, there was a stage when I, I, before focusing on the ice, I was, I suppose, what you might call a working entertainer, mm. sort of quasi actor even. And the, the the one the kangaroo was actually in a circus called Moro of Afe, who was a great Italian film star, apparently. Okay. And she's now died, but she she got me to help out with a guy called Filippo, in a sort of double act boxing kangaroo act I'm afraid mm-hmm. so basically we did a routine where we knocked each other out right. this was in a proper boxing ring You know, it was a huge circus and then my job was to go and get the kangaroo and guide it on by its tail and get it into the ring, and people were laughing, of course, uh, the poor kangaroo had boxing gloves on right. his paws, and then the boxing starts, and the, the kangaroo, who actually of course was called Skippy, tried to get his paws round the neck of Filippo and kick him to death, but bas on an animal level, but basically to the audience's point of view, it looked like he was boxing, you see, yeah but if he got really angry, I had to take his paws apart to save Filippo's life. So I'm a lifesaver. So you were, and,
0: saving, you were saving Filippo's um, life on, regular on a regular did basis. You
1: ever, did you have,
0: ever have to be in Filippo's um, position? And no, put,
1: but the kangaroo could turn funny. Yeah. I lived in a truck with it, although okay. there was a partition. Mm. But I, I remember Filippo pushed me out of the way once when it was after me. But on the whole, he said I was too kind to the kangaroo because mm. I'm afraid I was meant to irritate it and give it its mating call and get it all excited so that it would get more mm. frantic. And um, he always said, "You're too kind. The kangaroo knows you're kind, so he wouldn't get too worked up."
0: Okay. Well, in my opinion, Anthony, uh, um, uh, there's no such thing as being too kind to to, to yeah. uh, an animal. But th- that's that, and that was was that in the UK or was that was
1: that in Italy? It was in Italy. It was in Italy. I had to run away in, in Torino so he, on Christmas Day. Okay. But um, the the, the, the <laughs> it, it was very exciting for a, a young person. Yeah, well, how, how, old, that that. how old? How old are you? I. In my 20s, I think. Yeah. But, you know, there was literally, it was a days, I, probably never again, but there were tigers. There was an elephant outside mm. my, my truck and monkeys and horses, fantastic trapeze acts so, and, and really traditional Piero melancholic type clowns. So every time, I mean, we did three or four shows a day. I, I would go and watch it because I was quite mesmerised. Were you, were you,
0: especially fascinated by those, by, by those like traditional clowns as well? Did, that, yes, did, did it was they the have guy an influence. All
1: you know, and it looked completely authentic, mm. and it, it was so heartrending. So, I, I found if I'd gone to some clown workshops mm. in a place called the Oval House in London near, near the Surrey Cricket Ground, yeah, and so, you know, to be in a real circus after that sort of rather strange workshops in South London was an amazing sort of gift in a way.
0: Fantastic! Uh, I should have mentioned this at the top of the of of the show, really. But you have brought in um, an ice block uh, for us um, today. Have you got a number? Have you got a number for this ice block? Do, 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 That's you,
1: point, yes. Which one is it now? Should we call it ten thousand
0: and one? Ten yeah, thousand and one. Perfect. it won't
1: come out, it's so it's so well frozen.
0: It is. Can so you turn the heating up? So uh, the 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 performance art has actually. Uh, sorry to call it performance art. Has been going on since you entered the studio. Well, it started really <laughs> oh. uh, when you started free get, gathering up the water to freeze exactly. this clock
1: the journey starts with when you put the water in the bucket and it hardly ever ends in fact it never ends that's the whole are you, i'm glad you picked up on this the ju- the audience used to go deep deep because amidst all my frantic efforts i used to say semi- seemingly pr- profound things <laughs> and at Glastonbury i started having a following where people would go deep deep And they used to follow me to my my gigs in London. So I would say, you know, I would say something at the end like, the block is ready. And they'd all go deep, deep. 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 So whatever I said became deep. So it, it was quite comical. I don't think it was very deep probably, but
0: occasionally... Fantastic. So, um, yeah, so the, the performance is, is ongoing. You can't hear this, Anthony because you haven't got headphones on. But uh, Vivaldi's um, Winter from his uh, Four Seasons is playing in the background, which is a piece that you have chosen for us um, today. So that's that's nicely playing there in the background to yeah, accompany with the violin, uh, with, the, with the, the beautiful violin. Yes, very intense at the I've beginning, got my duck isn't it? Is well. we'll get onto the dark <laughs> answer. I absolutely promise you. There's so much to uh, to cover. I would just have, a... and you bought some bits and pieces to try and get this thing melted Salt. while we're on it. But I do. Want Want to speak about the audience then did you you mentioned those people in Glassbury shouting deep deep obviously fans of yours um, Anthony and I know you've sort of like brought your act back to big stages recently Stuart Lee um, invited you um, to a, a performance uh, not, not so long ago really and the Royal te- Festival hall yeah. um, whole audiences in general though for we, when we go back to when you were, were first doing this act, were they always bemused? Did they always know what was going on? Uh, did, they just, did they just come along and not know what to expect and then leave not knowing what they've just seen? What were the audiences like? What were their reactions well, like?
1: That's an interesting question. I, I, th- I think a, a huge range of reactions actually but I think in those days there was more tolerance of a range of acts. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think perhaps nowadays it's all very sharp Comedy yeah. and people want to get on TV and and through their comedy, maybe. And I think in my days, there was much... It's almost like variety acts, I suppose. Mm. I mean, not as old as the musical ones, no. but in that sort of tradition. Are we are we calling this alternative comedy, then? Was it yes, were you really, sort of married so
0: that, up with that sort I, of like trend like, in, the, in the 80s?
1: I like the idea that basically the Iceman is unclassifiable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, there were very different reactions. Occasionally you got hostility because they thought mm. you were sort of uh, being too weird, really. But on <laughs> the whole, they were with me because they j- just sort of couldn't work out what I was up to. And But yeah. they sort of rather liked my dedication. And sometimes they felt sorry for me, and I quite enjoyed that emotional warmth. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it
0: seems like that, that uh, with that sort of... <laughs> Almost like tumbling towards failure every single time with the fact that you're not going to be able to get this ice block melted. That wasn't always the case. I know yeah. there was one story of a time when you went on stage and the, the whether it was the what was it the lights or the the heating in the room uh, the, uh, the mel- bus
1: journey had prematurely melted. Yeah, it the had block. Prematurely so messed. a bucket of water was descended yeah, so, onto the so stage. So what did you, you just like? Okay, I'm done. Yes, that's the only proper <laughs> laugh I've had. Okay, I said, good. <laughs> I-, I can go home now.
0: <laughs> but you have all these tools and you bought some in with you today, including some salt which I know does um, melt yep. ice um, but you used other things I'm going to take you take you back I'm going to talk about something about me you uh, oh, uh, right. won't mind for a second uh, talking right. about performance art once on stage with a, um, a rather ridiculous band that I used to be in called um, Dorset Speed we were called and we liked to add pyrotechnics um, to our act and these are at small like venues throughout Bournemouth and like Paul and stuff like that and we'd always called them pyrotechnics they weren't pyrotechnics they were a bunch of party poppers rigged to this <laughs> (laughs) like a little uh, bracket, long bracket thing that was stretched the entire stage all attached to about a hundred party poppers attached about three strings to like pull at once. We always refer to them as pyrotechnics and we were once pulled aside by a venue um, security because they overheard us talking about setting off the pyrotechnics during our act Um, and they spoke to the promoter to stop us from going on stage and I didn't at any moment want to admit that it wasn't really pyrotechnics it was party poppers Um, so we didn't actually end up going on um, in the end and just refused (laughs) to give away the game and I wanted them to think we actually had pyrotechnics Techniques. Now, with your act, Anthony, you would use stuff—quite extreme stuff. You mentioned explosives. I mean, you even had stage guns, um, didn't yeah. you? And it got to the point where um, maybe it wasn't because they saw your act or knew what you had, but you were once very nearly mistaken for being a member of the IRA. Thanks to your act, is that true?
1: It is actually because I went. I went to a club called Zarathustra. Funny enough, the yes. Munnery game. And I, I pulled up outside the club, which is up near the Angel in Islington. Mm. And I got this little classic white van that looks suspicious anyway. And I was unloading my stuff. And it was at the height of the RA mm. troubles, I think. I, uh, and anyway, literally a van load. I didn't exaggerate. 50, or maybe 100, <laughs> probably about 50, 55 policemen came out and surrounded me. And they assumed that I was up to no good, you know. Mm. And the, fortunately, they didn't investigate because I reassured them quite quickly, surprisingly. <laughs> but had they investigated further, in my little back of my van, they would have found the material. That looked, it wasn't actually dynamite, but it looked very like <laughs> dynamite. And, as you say, a stage gum and cables and wires. Wow. You know, everything... Totally suspicious, if you see what I mean. L- looks like I'm a bomb maker ready to, you know, yeah,
0: detonate. Yeah, and hey, and hey if, you, if you're getting stopped by the Met police and you've got that sort of stuff um, on you and they see that, who yeah. knows what would have happened. I
1: think if they had seen that, I would have been on the ground. Yeah. And I may not be here today. I may not have been here today. Well, fortunately you.
0: fortunately you are. Now, I know you don't have headphones, so I'm going to switch our microphones off um, uh, just temporarily because I want you to listen to this piece of music and then we'll talk about it if that's yeah, all right. Thank you. Duke Ellington there with a a song, I Can't Realise You Love Me. Tell me about um, that song there, Anthony.
1: Well, that was a song that I particularly um, uh, related to for some reason. I just like those words... I can't realise you love me. And I did my own sort of sound loop, repeating it indefinitely with sort of storm effects and thunder <laughs> and lightning. And I, I think I accidentally created a work of art because I still use that tape. I think it's somewhere out on, on And that's,
0: that's just looping you, uh, yeah. for, the, for the main.
1: For how, I how, can't realise. How <laughs> long are we talking about? Well, the, about forty minutes of uh, yeah, this, the same this, thing.
0: It's this monotonous. It must get so yes, it it annoying, really annoying. In fact, at
1: the Stuart Lee gig at the Royal Festival somebody came over to me and said, "Do you mind turning that <laughs> off?" And I, he was really agitated, so I, I did because I like to please my public. Well, that's, but, uh, but the um, I, I really like this song, as I say, and I think uh, for a long time I thought. That was a human level mm. thing, and I once had a, a voice of a woman at the end saying, "I don't, uh, I don't love you." So it's like a contradiction. I can't. <laughs> oh, you really- added that to the <laughs> loop, did you? I don't. <laughs> but and it got a big laugh. But uh, looking back in retrospect, you know, I wonder, am I addressing our uh, maker? and i'm thinking, perhaps I don't quite realize I need to realize that God loves me,
0: yeah, I mean the, am I getting the,
1: too profound though no I mean the
0: the the lyric the lyric of that I can't realize you love me, I mean it's such a I mean, I couldn't have thought, thought that up in, in a million years. Those one, two, three, four, th- six simple words. Yep. And it's, it says so, so much. And whether you, you would you would attribute it to the, to the love of God or whether you would attribute it to uh, someone, um, maybe a p- partner or something that you don't think you're deserving of. But just to word it like that, I can't realise you love me, yep. is really, really, really powerful. And it's just it's striking yep. and, me, and, and it's and with, me right now. The,
1: the block as a concept, you know, the, uh, you could say it symbolises love, mm. mortality... A lot and so I, I somehow the, the connection with the, the song and the block is, is quite mm. intimate, and also I, I can't help but love it. I can't remember the, the person who sings that, but it's such a sort of constricted voice, you know. Like, yeah. I can't realise, yeah. G G Ellington, yeah, uh, yes. So it's, it's. I suppose, is it the 40s? I'm not yeah, sure, yeah,
0: maybe it, a bit later. It just amused me yeah. a lot.
1: And it sort of gave me a a background because I was very visual and physical in my act, uh, my my real or non-act. So it sort of gave me a context, a a sort Mm. of sound backdrop, if you see what I mean, where I could do all the visual stuff and it somehow connected with the... I don't know it gave me a cloud yeah I was performing in the cloud were you always
0: playing as the happy man though were you always was it always uh, were you always trying to come across as especially when you're dropping in ice puns as you're trying to um uh melt this ice with this series of escalating acts um uh, to to, to, to chip away at this ice were you always playing as the happy man or were you sometimes taking on the character of the frustrated man yes
1: I, th- I think it was more maybe the every man struggling yeah. with their situation and the human condition, et cetera, et cetera. A bit of self-therapy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a bit of pain release. But I think ultimately quite happy and hopeful because although the ice melts, um, I feel somehow there's a symbolism of the, the water, the fertility of water. Yeah. So it's not hopeless, hopeless. It's uh, hopeful. Absolutely. Oh, is there a There is. A so, I must say, I must give some um
0: context, some of the banging going on in the background. It's all part of the, it's all part of the or show, all part of the act. I have got Aaron in with me this good morning. morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Erin. Yes, yeah, so aaron has been participating in, in this, um, th- this piece of trying to get this ice block <laughs> melted. The brilliant thing about it is it's, the ice block is currently uh, stuck inside a uh, food recycling a caddy as well, isn't it? Maybe ice it's man? the last block. Maybe it's the last block. Um,
1: the I did put it under
0: hot water and I put a knife around <laughs> the edges <laughs> to try and get it, out. To to get it out. I took a knife so, to the ice. Gosh, yeah. In. So no, I wouldn't. <laughs> so this this ice is on the way. I mean, I'm sure there's a bit of water in the tub there that yeah. the ice is sort of sat in. There we go, banging <laughs> right. away. Oh. And you sure you don't have any pyrotechnics or yeah. explosives with you, Anthony? No, no, I've
1: got the duck You've got the duck. We're
0: gonna come onto the duck. Yeah. I just keep on saying we're gonna come onto all these things because there's so much to talk about. Um, and it's coming up. We've got twenty minutes left, Anthony, to try and cover all the rest of it. The stamping's going on. X Ex- this is exactly what I wanted <laughs> from the show today. It. It's out. I
1: think I heard something. Just break the box. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Get,
0: play another record <laughs> yeah we'll, t- we'll play another record uh, what's what's likely to make the the record come out should we play some music from the nightingales that's nice that's, this is a great track uh, they're there um the post-punk from birmingham um this is a track that i know you love anthony it's called what a carry-on yeah, how on how what a carry on. how appropriate What'll
1: carry on
0: It's out. 5 seconds into The Nightingale's and what a carry on the ice block is out. Uh, looks beautiful there Anthony holding it up on top of the head there. Excellent. We'll give a little bit of a listen to Nightingale's and we'll compose ourselves for the next portion.
1: I'm, saying, I'm into laziness and all in.
0: Yeah, a bit of a blast from the Nightingales. Uh, they're from uh, Birmingham. Are you a fan of the Nightingales? I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I was a fan. I'm aware of the Nightingales, yeah. but only because of, um, uh, uh, well, uh, Stuart Lee, because I know he's from from yes. that neck of the woods, and I know he's a big fan of the Nightingales. Um, yeah, um, well, w- what a carry-on.
1: I just like the, you know, just quite interesting, edgy. I, I, I like them. I've only become aware of them recently myself because mm-hmm. a few people... There was even a rumour that I was going to tour with them. There was some Twitter okay. chat. Right. <laughs> and But they said, oh, we can't do it because the, we're supporting the damned. OK. But All when right. we do our own gig, we sure. will have you, the Iceman. Because they, for some reason they think my, act, my non-act is very relatable to their style of okay. thinking. And, yeah, I think they saw the book. Yeah, yeah. I sold two copies yesterday. By the way, how did to you? To a guy called Neil Malarkey. Okay, who's a friend of Mike Myers. So, um, so, so,
0: Well, you said Mike Myers then. Now, I want to get get onto this. Oh, well, yeah. Which Mike Myers you talk? You're not talking Austin about the, You're not talking about the killer from Halloween, yeah. are you? <laughs> the, it, Austin Powers. So, yeah. Well, let's skip to that Wait then. To let's, the world, let's, yeah. get, let's get let's onto your art then, because you have got an art exhibition coming up in deepest darkest Dorset uh, later on this year. It's in June, isn't it? Uh,
1: Ju- July, the July 7th sorry. is opening I always night. get my
0: June and July's mixed up.
1: Yeah, I think there's a rumor that there's a guy coming over from New York who's going to buy the whole thousand works.
0: Okay. So th- th- the
1: whole concept is a thousand blocks. Yeah. Clearance sale to create space in my little studio, yeah. which is a garage with snails in a wet <laughs> garden in in on East Cliff.
0: Yeah. So, um this art exhibition is coming up. Now, uh, before we talk about the the paintings specifically, let's talk about the polaroids as well because I know you used to you used to catalog, I mean, you even had a ledger where you would you would catalog and you'd make notes of every single block that you used in your performances and bec- these blocks became actual um people in themselves so like uh characters almost um and you assign each block a number i yes. mean oh, i know you you did a bit of a clear out i guess during your hiatus your time away you did a bit of a clear out yeah. stuff but some of those
1: polaroids uh 50 odd uh still remain there's, there's 56 in the book yeah and 56 in my polaroid mm. box yes um do you, I, do you
0: regret um, shifting all that stuff out? Do you still wish you yes, had all those old
1: Polaroids and all I, the, I the know, details? As a performance artist, from Marina, brother or whatever you say, brother Mice, she is very meticulous about documenting all her hmm. work. I don't know. I just had a moment when I thought, release the blocks. Yeah, you know, let them dissipate. Let them evaporate and I just let all my documentation go. Yeah. I, I don't know if was, I was having some kind of psychological event, but I felt a sort of release after mm. that. But I'm glad some survived. It's yeah. quite arbitrary. The ones that have survived.
0: And it's, it's amazing how the way they survived are on Polaroids yes. as well, which will inevitably fade to nothing as yes. well as Polaroids as, <laughs> as, as actual yeah. actual photos um aduce. and I mean the 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 Polaroids are put in the block and I mean you can also you already see they're 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 already faded and these Polaroids are brilliant, not only because um they look like they were taken um in the eighties these Polaroids but also there are some of these um where you can see audiences um in the background as well and, and some, some of the audiences I mean some of them aren't smiling, some of them looking incredibly confused.
1: And I mean they're quite real, small
0: they're they're really a document of the time some fashions going on there. <laughs> My goodness.
1: Yeah. And I used to fax blocks. I had an old fax machine. Yeah. So I would uh, sort of, with a bell I would make a copy and fax it, literally. And then I'd try to sell them to members of the audience. I was quite <laughs> interactive. And... Occasionally I'll sell one, but if not I'll just give it to them. Yeah. So there's there's probably quite a few there's facts. Stuff out there. Out there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well I hope you'll return, Anthony. I yeah. mean you've you've appeared with Richard Herring on his um book club. Yeah. Podcast, and for, interesting enough recently. he said
1: something quite amusing. He said something I don't know if I've seen your act or not sure. because the legend is so strong. The
0: legend's so strong, there's so much anecdotal stuff and um yeah, and there, there's plenty of people not the who that
1: overdo my legendary status. Yes. Status.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well I certainly haven't seen you until today. And no. um, that's true, because um I mean I'm only in my in my 30s so I wasn't going to comedy clubs since sort of like the 80s right. and stuff like that what so I missed out on like? that which, which comedians do yeah. I like? Well, I mean, my, my comic compass was sort of set by Stuart Lee yeah. and Richard Herring um, in the 90s. And uh, people like Simon Munnery, I mean, he did have a TV show on BBC too. I think it was called Attention Scum. That's it, yep. um, And I, I loved that. And yeah. then on the bus, the double decker bus. On the, yeah. I stood on top of the double decker bus. I loved it. And I mean, it was only one series, um, I think. And then years later, um, before uh, Richard Herring sort of made his podcast come back and all uh, and that. While before Stuart Lee did the um, Jerry Spring the Opera, before he yeah, was much more in the public eye, I had to go to the website. I found the website Go Faster Stripe, um, which when you tell us about Go Faster Stripe,
1: um, well, to be honest, I don't know that much about it until it became until we signed yeah. up. Basically, uh, th- this book was co-produced with a, a guy called Rob Ringham, mm-hmm. who already had work on Go Faster Stripe on the website. Uh, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had a novel also he had a book about Club Zarathustra. Mm. So he, he likes to be regarded as a, a waste straw, but in fact, he's rather hardworking. And he was the person who approached me about doing the book, mm. which I'd been thinking of anyway, but he actually seemed to have the practical know-how and the contact of, Go, of Chris at Go Fast and, yeah, and And so it came together remarkably seamlessly. And um, I, I do like the mix of... It's basically an interview with yours truly, mm. but as you say very visual with the polaroids yeah. and also paintings of the same Polaroid, Yes. which continues the concept of the blocks living on in one form or another
0: well yeah absolutely and the more final word on go fast try because I, because they have published your book and they are are, are great guys get over to go fast if you're a comedy fan and, and they're, they're really good at putting out stuff that yeah by co- comedians who work so hard that don't necessarily get the good gig of being on stuff like mock the week or, or, or have i got news for you um and Picked up some brilliant stuff on there. The Kevin Eldon's first stand-up uh, DVD I picked up from there as well. And those old Stuart, um, Stuart Lee and um, Richard Herring stuff, and Simon Munnery as well. Some some really brilliant. Yeah, comedians very inclusive. They, very they, inclusive. They, yeah,
1: they, as you say, the people who don't necessarily get a high profile. Yeah. they they look after. It's very yeah. nice.
0: And inclu- including including yourself, so this book, which is called "Melt It," which is available on Go Faster Stripe um, it, it exclusively. I've got my copy here. It came it arrived a couple of weeks ago. I read it through, and yes, it is. It's it's an, it's an oral sort of uh, history of 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 your act really and, and the journey and the journey that you've um yeah. that you've that you've been and rather through.
1: like what Sue lee said at the i don't know if you read the after yeah. he i think he describes the ice man as a a blank canvas on mm. which you can project whatever you want really absolutely. I, I, I was touched by that because i i thought in a way that's the nub of it
0: yeah trust yeah. him to get it right i know
1: <laughs> he's
0: a know-it-all isn't that he? that snarling man yeah a broadsheet Um appealing. But the funny thing
1: is, although we talk about me being a bit offbeat, with, uh, as you say, with Go Fast Strike looking after me, the uh, uh, funny enough, I've done quite a few what you might call mainstream shows. Like I, I did a Noel Edmonds show. Well, Christmas yeah, a show. Noel Edmonds, yeah, absolutely. And I came out of an exploding fridge. Yes. You do. <laughs> so, you know, I've done quite what you yeah, might call so, entertainment-type shows yeah, as well. And people
0: so, might well remember. It might be uh, pennies might be dropping, memories of the, uh, that God. Guy coming yeah. out of an exploding fridge.
1: I remember that moment. Well, 11. if I kept the fridge doors uh, a shield, if it, oh, if, if the audience <laughs> yeah. was ever hostile, uh,
0: don't please, 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 don't give us the actual quote. Um, but Chris Tarrant didn't like it, did he? Oh
1: no, no. I think he. I think he was expecting what you might call more of a um, traditional, traditional comedy warm-up. He, he didn't realise it was just a concept act. Normal act, yeah. and uh, yes, he got a bit irritable when we were proving. Uh, What's a weird TV show called Prove It somewhere right. near Southampton? Yeah, funny enough, the duck comes from the hotel room in Southampton. Yeah, you're so, always yeah, accompanied
0: yeah. by has the duck got a name? Duck,
1: duck. Ice uh, duck. yes, so, uh, apprentice, the apprentice, apprentice. Ice, duck. ice duck. Um,
0: a uh, nice rubber duck, um, who accompanies you to all your shows. And your, yeah, and, and, he
1: came later on the scene, yeah, basically, he was a gauge of how successful the Iceman was being. so I put the duck. I used to say, "I'm putting the duck in dry duck," and that was <laughs> <would, laughs> that's the sort of poor level of my um, uh, puns. But in a funny way, it performed a, a, a useful function. It showed if the ice was melting. Yeah. So if it was successful w- within the terms of its lack of success, it would the head of the duck would gradually bob around above the bucket sky line. If you see what I mean. Yeah. But basically, most of the water didn't actually go into the bucket, so the duck stayed reasonably dry. But I've always felt it was uh, nice to have some company on stage.
0: Yeah and the duck certainly does that and it looks like it's been through the ring I do actually have a, I know you can't really get rubber ducks like that anymore yeah. I know I know this is radio it's not very visual but it, I mean it's a classic old rubber duck we're looking at yeah. um, here isn't it and I, I do have one at home which was my rubber duck um, from when I was younger and I was going to try and get it from my parents attic before we did this interview today <laughs> but I couldn't quite manage it in time I wanted to gift that to you but maybe, hey maybe in the future Anthony right, let's, on the block, now let's talk on the about top. we are running out of time we've got to talk about these paintings oh, though, right. because we talked about the Polaroids, and a lot of your paintings are sort of like almost recreations of those Polaroids. I'm um, on top of that. Um, my, my favorite painting of yours, uh, apart from the ones that do include the rubber duck, I love the one of you chained um, to the to the to the block of ice. Yeah. That says a lot.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. P- painting I, I took up quite recently, really, uh, as an extension of the idea of mm. how, how can they live on, and I started painting basically from the photographs I had. Yeah, and they were. Wonderfully primitive and inadequate, but I always felt there was something there, and and so do other people. Yeah, and I, and, sold- I mean,
0: we we talk about a Polaroid's fading, um, but do you know how long paintings last? They last really long. Have you ever been to a gallery, a museum? They got paintings from, like, 200 years ago. Yes. Paintings last for ages. I know, and
1: I like the idea so of... So this is, the, this is, the, this
0: is the, yes. the, the step to immortality, then, yes, indeed, in these 800 paintings. Yes, you can imagine yeah. art
1: restorers trying to restore my work, yeah. like for Angelica or someone. But um, I think the paintings, because I don't perform so much mm. live, they they also perform a function for me to keep the concept going, and I've done about a 1,000 paintings now, and my art exhibition at the Guggleton Farm Art Gallery in Storbridge in July and August, mm. I've got a four-week slot, and I'm going to tie to it, Creating Space, a clearance sale of 1,000 blocks. <laughs> so my idea is... Is to go into sales mode and yeah. Andy Warhol and see how many I can sell. Great, and I'm going to have a raffle competition where people predict how many I will sell from zero to a thousand. Oh, great, and I'm spreading this rumor that there's a New York collector coming over okay. who <laughs> might buy the whole oeuvre in one go. Right, so I want to call you out on this then,
0: because right. in, in the book then you say that you mentioned Mike Myers earlier. So that is the Mike Myers, Wayne's World, Austin Powers, Saturday yeah. Night Live, um, and all, all the rest. Yes, of he saw Sixty
1: Nine. So, he he bought one of your paintings. No, I'm trying. To, I'm I'm approaching him. I'm building up to that. You're building up to it. I wish I could say yes. I'm hoping he might come over to the exhibition, but I. He he's always he calls me Melted Sixty Nine because he saw Block Sixty Nine. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, where did? Where was that? Was that in uh, London? It was in Ballam, I think. It was in Ballam. <laughs> because <laughs> he used to do the comedy circuit before yeah. he became a Hollywood star in London. That yeah. Was. So, so uh, he apparently is a genuine fan. So I've heard. So
0: he, So he... De- yeah, well, he def- I'm sure he's definitely got the spare cash to to pay you what your some of your paintings yeah, are Yeah, I've got worth a couple of paintings
1: me. of him, actually, including Melt It 69. Oh, great. So that, that's my main... <laughs> he can afford it. He
0: can afford it. Absolutely can he can. He? How much are you charging?
1: Uh, well, they vary. I, I, I go from 100,000 to uh, 50 <laughs> pence. I've sold about 10 or 11 of my paintings, yeah. but if I'm honest, they're mainly to f- semi-friends who probably underneath feel sorry for me but <laughs> but some people do seem to like them and here's an example i mean that's very blue that one that's the iceman yeah and that's the block that's the stand a bit stronger than bamboo yes yeah, it's, it's
0: it's it's a three color painting um yeah. here uh, blues and greys and some some um, ice whites uh, um as well representing yeah. uh, the block. Uh, original by um what number is this that's numberless numberless yeah. numberless eyes do you
1: see me smiling I
0: do see you smiling oh, I was asking you whether you, you played like to purchase it you, whether you Aaron played to have any
1: pocket money
0: uh, the it. happy man <laughs> Well, we'll discuss. I don't want to give the thing is if you're going Sorry. to be running a, a, a raffle uh, for people to yeah. guess um, yeah. how many you're going to what sell. Do you guess? Or, uh, well, I, I don't want to say on air because I don't want people to <laughs> nick my answer. You get a free that's painting net. if you win. Yeah, free painting, exactly. That's what I'm in this for. Um, I've always f- fancied myself as a bit of an art yeah. collector. Um, there we go. I haven't really. I always uh, I
1: see radio as actually quite a visual medium. Am I imagining that? Because people's imagination. Well, you are... try.
0: You try and paint a picture. Some yeah. people are more successful than others. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to place where how successful I am in that. You know what. It. We, we're nearly out of time. I've, there was so much more that I wanted to do about this, but I guess in a way, radio. I mean, for me, I mean, we we do the show for for Ofcom regulations. We record every single show, so there's a document of it. But the show is done. Yeah. It's maybe available on listen again for uh, for like ninety days. After that, it's oh, gone. Wow. It's gone forever. forever. So all the work that you put into I'll a radio it. show um, has 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 disappeared. Um, no trace of it anywhere. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not even like it's returned to the rivers and to the sea like the water does. It's yeah. literally deleted it's Gosh. gone all of these shows all of these years i never kept a record of any of them there really? we go but i will be keeping a record of this show today because it was an absolute delight um if people want to know more about well first off we'll tell them where to get the book they go to go the book is called melt it the book of the Iceman. it's a brilliant book um uh, the oral history of, of the Iceman in conversation with Robert Ringham. Um, or your pictures in there, of paintings, and uh, polaroids as well. So that's gofasterstripe.com for the book. Remind us when's the art exhibition, when and where?
1: Opening night is the 7th of July, 2023. Wine will be served, and there will be a thousand blocks. On, uh, i've got the bigger ones in the main gallery yeah but the rest are scattered around the farm like pigsties and stuff like that and it, it goes on to august the 5th
0: okay um, you, got, you have got a website though haven't you where people can find information too. yes
1: it's www.iceblocked.co.uk
0: iceblocked.co.uk yes, i don't UK. think i get
1: many people coming there but it's always a delight hey to- well
0: let's add, add some numbers today how's the ice getting out? i can see it's dripping Yep. This is wonderful. Maybe off air we can we can uh, we can yeah, try so and get it's, it's try a, and,
1: this is pretty solid block, isn't it? It is very solid. No, block. no mess block. Big thank you
0: to Erin as well to adding to the thank the melting go. experience by adding some and hot water to it. I'm really sorry that we've run out of time. I need to go to the news, but Anthony, please come along the again news, because, because there's, there's so the much
1: more. Maybe we'll <laughs> find out together. Thanks for listening. Quack, quack. Up the cherries.